Welcome to Decades From Home, a podcast about Germany. I'm Nick Houghton of 40percentgerman.com, and as always, I'm joined by co-host Dilly Algemer and our stalwart producer Simon Josie to discuss the weird and wonderful side of living in Germany. Hey, how we doing, everybody? Hope we're feeling suitably spooky on this day after Halloween record. Hi, Nick. Hi, Simon. I hope I was missed. Oh, yeah, of course. Always. <laughs> Simon's delay there suggests... <laughs> It says nothing. Perhaps. I'm, I'm not Perhaps hurt. not. <laughs> I'm not crying. You are. Don't, yeah, don't worry. There'll still be tears aplenty as we get through the rest of this uh, episode. Uh, so we're recording on the day after Halloween. It's uh, a very spooky evening. I was on my own, so I turned all the lights off and watched horror movies and then didn't sleep. So I was just wondering about what your experience of Halloween was, because as I walked home yesterday... There's loads of trick-or-treaters, way more than last year. I'm just wondering, did you, uh, did any of you get a knock on the door from some terrifying ghouls and ghosts? I saw a woman, uh, I, I was shopping at Raver and I saw a woman with some kids and she had these black wrinkles painted on her face and then it hit me that it was Halloween. That was... <laughs> <laughs> did, you, did you just think it was a new fashion statement? I was curious and then it hit me. <laughs> <laughs> that was it. I did, we didn't have any trick or treaters, did you, Nick? I had my headphones in and I was making dinner. And as I said, I was on my own. And I thought I heard something. And I went to the door and there was no one there. And I was like, mm, "This feels like the start of a horror movie." So I'm going to close the door and lock it and turn all my lights off. So um, that's what I did. And there was no other disturbances. But there was like the streets were properly full of trick or treaters, and all the houses like there was one house that had projected halloween decorations onto it hmm. quite impressive another Very. one had someone dressed as michael myers giving out candy from the film halloween they built a fire and <laughs> it's all very sinister and weird but like in a good in a good sinister and weird ah done about in bonn what about you simon were you uh, inundated with trick-or-treaters well funnily enough i actually i went to belgium for the night so um I wasn't around in Bonn, so despite it being the home of Haribo, I've no idea what was going on, whether, you know, sweets and candies were being handed out. Were you, were you just going to a really big Halloween party? Is that what it was? No, no. I actually went to see a game of uh, women's football. The oh. um, English Lionesses played the Belgian Red Flames in Leuven, I guess is how we mm -hmm. might say it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What was the score? Come on. Well, surprisingly, England lost three goals to two. So I, I think the Belgian team had three opportunities to score and scored three times. And the English team had, I don't know, a dozen opportunities to score and scored twice and had all the, the position mm. and field position and everything. But um, yeah, so I think a little bit of frustration on the, on the English side. Maybe they'd been staying up watching horror movies all night. Maybe that's why they were so lax in front of goal. It's mm, all the maybe. It's all the spooky, spooky adventures. I don't know. Um, I was thinking how much more Halloween's taken hold around where I live. At least it's noticeable in the shops. First mm. time this year, I've I've seen dedicated point of sale for giant pumpkins to carve. Mm. That's a whole new thing. But there's been like loads of other like little. Halloween based, not giveaways, but you know what I mean? When you're w walking around the store and they're always, there's always like a, a, a new cabinet has been set up to sell 
sort of decorations or there's been something else, been loads of that stuff. I'm not sure if you've you've come across something similar. Have either of you seen the Halloween apples at Reva? The ones that are red inside, like red purple? Actually, no, I haven't, weirdly. They're called Kisabelle Rouge, uh, if you like uh, apple names. <laughs> I do like apple names. Kisabelle Rouge. And it's supposed to be the result of the French trying for 20 years to cross wild red apples with other varieties. And this is like the third or second year I found them here in Hessen. Oh, right. They're very sweet, but my boyfriend finds them sour. Is he just a contrarian? Is that what it is? He's an antifrutarian, <laughs> I think. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm I'm big on the apples now. That's uh, two apples a day for me, so I might have to go get some, try them out. Actually, they've said that every apple has its own flavor and they might also look different. I think they're just trying to pass off the fact that 20 years of research has not been able to <laughs> result just, in a uniform no consistency. color. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> we still yeah, haven't got the a... color right, but let us write that down nicely. It's not a bug, it's a feature, I tell you. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I wonder if that's just coincidence that they're selling those at Halloween. I was speaking to a colleague, um, she's American, mm. so um, that's, I mean, that's not her fault. <laughs> the, um, you know, like she, we yeah. have American listeners, Nick. <laughs> I know, I know. Yeah. It's, it's one of my quiet, quiet, like sort of fun things that I do is sort of slightly taking the mick out of Americans. I love them, but they're very mick takeable. Uh, they, she made a, um, I'm going to see if I can post this into the chat so you can, you can see this image. She had a Halloween party mm -hmm. and um, part of the Halloween party was making kind of funny decorations. It is for you listeners who can't see the image, a, uh, a pumpkin that's been carved to, to look like they're having a pretty bad time and that it's vomiting guacamole onto a plate. <laughs> so it's a rather pained looking pumpkin. It's, uh, it's, uh, it's certainly something. It's very good. Very creative. I know, but I was like, I wouldn't want to eat that. It's, that's not. For me, that, it's like when people um, they make uh, eyeballs or something, or they like make things that look like the carve meat, or they make like a meat hand or something. I don't, I don't know, and all that stuff sort of makes me feel a little bit queasy inside. Americans do have the edge on kind of weird-looking Halloween food. I think um, there was the thing I was thinking though is like last year we had to do you know those like little Japanese bio pumpkins you can buy. They're usually yes. used for making the Hokkaido soup. pumpkins. They're the ones, right? Yeah. So they were the only ones we could get in the shop to carve into jack o' lanterns when we did it with uh, our daughter last last year. Whereas oh. this year there was just like a there was like just loads of these giant pumpkins. There was like loads of them left over as well. I saw a really funny post on Reddit from a German person asking if they were edible or whether you could only use them to carve lanterns because they were separate from the edible pumpkins. That was rather sweet. <laughs> <laughs> okay, this makes a lot of sense, because you had said on WhatsApp, or was it on WhatsApp or on the script, you'd said that you carved bio pumpkins, and I thought, well, this is, mm -hmm. this is getting rather posh. I mean, these are pumpkins that are going to be thrown out once they get moldy in five days. So, mm -hmm. but no, Nick is giving out money to carve bio pumpkins. I mean, we use the insides to make soup. We're not, we're not total lamos, you know, but 
it was i mean what are you gonna do like my daughter wanted to make a jack-o-lantern and we were all into that idea she saw one on the street and was like what is it i was fascinated and the only ones we could get were the little hokkaido pumpkins i did feel incredibly upper middle class when i did it yeah as you should simon is not taking any digs at nick have you reached a covenant in my absence i know i'm surprised he's not he's not he's not taking opportunity to make fun of me mm. uh, uh -huh. my new year's resolution is not to not to um not to punch down that's fucking that's brutal that is you just called him out you just called him just called him out and he just like brutally destroys me jesus okay uh, let's not ask simon any more questions he's obviously got a, ch a bee in his bonnet <laughs> ow <laughs> Well, usually, usually it doesn't hurt when you make fun of me for that. I'm positively pained by. Given Nick's new poshness, I might expect him to say bonnet. Hey, I'm not him. that posh. I'm not that posh. <laughs> Be in his bonnet. Do you know where I've been eating my lunches for the last for the last week? Thanks to the the holiday. There's a holiday in Bavaria. This this Allerheiligen is today. Well, well, yeah, is today. Mm -hmm. um, so we've got a public holiday, but also like half term. So the schools are. Mm -hmm. We're all on holiday, and also all the technical colleges and the canteen I use is in the technical college in our building, and mm -hmm. it's really nice. And they they make nice food, and the people always talk to me and they want to see pictures of the kids, and they're just very pleasant, lovely people. Teach me some funny Bavarian and, and Schwabish words, but it's closed for the week, which means I've had to go to the big university canteen, which is horrendous. It's just the worst. <laughs> Drama queen. <laughs> I'm not a drama queen. It's just like weird. I, do you know what? First off, it's like the people there just do not seem to give a shit about anything. Like there's two coffee machines. One of them's never on. And I don't understand what like kind of weird enjoyment they must get out of that, of watching people queue for coffee, like shit coffee as well. But don't they serve the same food? I mean, it's the same Mensa network. Nah, it's different different companies running the, the different menses. So But they have like four menus per day, right? I mean they have menus, they have full menus, but come on man, like it's the canteen food, it's not it's not like high end dining or anything like that. Which is fine. It's reasonably priced. But anywhere where you like sit in a really open space eating food, I find that very, very weird. Okay, I give you that. It's like everyone's eating and observing everyone else and it's very creepy. Does feel it feels a bit too communal. Are you on your lonesome, Nick, or are you eating with colleagues or students? Um, I generally just eat on my own because I don't want to talk to anyone. <laughs> I don't want to talk to anyone on my lunch break. I want to sit quietly. Oh, he seems like a lovely bloke to him in the workplace. I'm fine, but you know when you when your job's talking, like yeah. you just want some yeah. peace. Oh yeah, I'm totally there. I completely understand that. I, same here. I, I can too. I, I lock myself in an empty classroom sometimes. I mean, I was, I was thinking about it the other day. It's like maybe that's like not health, the healthiest approach, but at the same time, a bit of peace never hurt nobody. And also, I work weird hours compared to my colleagues. Mm -hmm. We don't always have like lunch breaks at the same time. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Most of the time, I just eat my lunch in my office. So, do you nod at like colleagues and students on your way to the cafeteria and back? Do you do that? Well, like say hello to them. And nobody says, hey, come sit with us. Oh, no. No, certainly students wouldn't. Definitely not. Gee, I wasn't going to go there, Dilly. Cheapest. <laughs> that feels like that was a bit underhanded. <laughs> <laughs> and Simon is back. 
Jeez, you, you, you've really woke the dragon. Um, yeah, I mean, students definitely don't want to eat with a lecturer unless you sort of, I don't know, maybe some students might come over and have a chat. Mm. But um, the colleagues-wise, not really, because they're, they're either teaching or they're not in the office or they're doing something else. So, Are you one of those um, lecturers who, who are nice to student assistants and say hello to them outside of the building? I don't have a student assistant, but I am nice. So I do say hello to anyone who says hello. Okay. But uh, not everybody wants to say hello, especially in the morning. Most people don't want to engage with anybody. So that's, I can understand. I'm not finished with this, Nick. So like when you're eating, do you like then look at your phone or do you take a book or do you like pretentiously take like printed out papers with a highlighter or some kind? Oh, I get how do you do I, it? I, I put I put a bit of, of Vivaldi on my phone and uh, and then like I, I performatively read really complicated looking books by like Heidegger or something. No, I'm just reading a book. <laughs> I'm looking at my phone, or more than likely, I'm just looking into space, like glassy eyes somewhere, zoning zoning the fuck out as much as possible. Okay, but. Um, I don't know. I, I don't want to be observed. Like that's the first thing I hate about. That's why I hate the canteen. I don't want to. I want people like sort of see us. I'm happy eating on my own, but like you know what students are like. You know that they, they don't quite conceive the idea that you might be comfortable in your own skin, and so they find it very weird. And often, when young people find things weird, they make fun of it. And so uh. I prefer not to be a target for any of that. Thanks. When you can come on the podcast and, and be our target, which is, I feel kind of yeah. mean now. I just <laughs> I don't know, wondering no, if we should do a do over. I know. I think uh, I, I knew you would feel like that, which is why I reacted the way I did. It's all calibrated, my friend, to make you feel as awful as possible whenever you <laughs> whenever you zing me. Um, you can't you can't get out of this unscathed. Is all I'm saying. Uh, <laughs> it's a two way psychological battle. I think it's to be applauded if you like eating by yourself and probably not just in a cafeteria, but maybe in a restaurant if you have to grab lunch or dinner by yourself, right? I've never had the gumption to go to a restaurant on my own, although there's been plenty of opportunities to do so when I've been sort of traveling for work. Yeah, maybe when I travel for work, it felt okay. Like if you were in a hotel and it was a work hotel, and it was quite obvious that you were out of town, then I wouldn't have a problem with that. How do you prove that you're out of town? Well, because most of the places I would get sent to were like tiny villages. Mm -hmm. And so the people who were eating there were locals. And it was quite obvious that I wasn't a local. I see. My God, your life is dramatic. No, it's not that dramatic. It was just like I did a lot of traveling at one point in, in time. It's not that. It's not nice. It's crap. I used to think that was an exciting thing to do. Like people would talk about, I've got a flight to somewhere or so, so and so forth in, in, in the morning and I'm going to be there for 12 hours and I... It also sounded quite jet-setting and exciting. Actually, mm. you just realize when you're in it, it sucks ass. Mm -hmm. Hotels aren't that nice. doesn't matter how good they are. Most of them are just a bit shit. And you just sort of get sick of it, really. You get sick of not being in your own space. Mm. But, um, but yeah, I, 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 like restaurants, not so much. And if I go out for dinner, I'd like to think I'm going out for dinner with somebody. Mm. But I kind of see lunch is not a lunch isn't it's functional, right? It's mm -hmm. you just eat, eat, eating to fuel your afternoon. Like if you're going out for lunch on a on a free day or something, sure. But like on a work day, I'm not looking for anything elaborate. 
Oh, no. You're one of those people that eat because they're hungry and not because they like the food kind of thing. Is that right? Well, if I liked the food, I wouldn't be eating at a fucking canteen for a start. Well, <laughs> like, if it was about food quality. <laughs> a, shout out, a shout out to the wonderful Mensa team at the uni- uh, at Universität Gießen, at the University of Gießen. Um, the, from the cooks, um, from the people who made the food to the people who served the food. I I would look up the menu like uh, like an hour ahead. I would know what I want and I would say, please pass it along that the food was really nice and I would have a chat with them and I would come out. It was a lovely experience. Uh, that's where I got to know most of my German food and I would like try to bake the stuff at home again, like Bratkartoffel, Nunpelkartoffel. So that's like fried potato and boiled potato and boiled fish. It's... I don't know. You got you got a bit of the uh, you got a bit of the Mary Poppins in you, haven't you? That's what Mary Pop- so. What has Mary Poppins got to do with boiled fish? <laughs> I don't know. It's just like a really nice way of approaching canteen food. It's a nice way of approaching life. I don't know. I mean, I'm not expecting a lot from canteen food. Do you make food for yourself? Then do you take? Do you, would you ever have a nice dinner and you think, ah, I would like to take the leftovers to work. I can heat it up in the microwave and I have uh, a Pyrex dish that is that is microwave safe. Like, don't these, don't, don't these thoughts go through your head? Nah, not really. No, I mean, like, if it, I mean, leftovers are a funny one as well. It's like, if there's leftovers, they usually, my daughter gets them or my wife has them for lunch. So I don't usually get the leftovers. You don't cook so that everyone has leftovers? No, not really. Oh, it's not. It's not that bad. It's like I'm missing out. I don't really want to eat that. Like, do you know what I want for lunch? I, 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 this is all I want: a, a salad and a sandwich, and I'm done. And I'm a happy man. That's yeah, okay. All I want. Sandwiches are good. Salad is good. It's fine. That's all I'm looking for. I'm not looking for anything fancier or ex- more exciting than that. Don't want anything too big. Because then I'll be really tired in the afternoon. Yeah, that's an obvious one, and you just want something that's vaguely healthy, and that's. Yeah, that, I mean it's good. I've just been eat, I've been eating vegan for the last four days, every lunchtime. Oh, nice. It's only the only really healthy option that you've got, because everything else just looks a bit, yeah, sort of processed ham. Who wants to have that for lunch? Not me. Um, ham is processed. And not all ham. Ham is processed meat. Um. Not, but not all ham is processed meat. Why There's not? A difference between, well, I mean, there is a pro. Geez, I didn't know we were going to get into the molecular <laughs> details of butchery, but here we go. Um, so, if you buy like, if you buy sort of factory processed meat, it's very different from meat that has, admittedly, gone through a process, but is being cut fresh from uh, um, in, in the butchers as opposed to. How kind of sushi ham do you eat? Like good ham, like geez, you were just having a go at me before for not enjoying the quality of 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 the canteen, and now you're having a go at me for for enjoying the quality of the of ham. Processed I feel like there's ham. no way I can. I feel like there's no way I can I can I can make you happy, Dilly. So it's fine. You just be like every other woman in my life, constantly disappointed. So. You don't need me here to take shots. You take them all yourself. No, I'm not, I'm, it's, again, it's it's being the younger child. You've just like got to get your own shots in first. So it disarms everybody else. So like, oh, I was going to say that, but now he's done it. Sucks. Um, so, yeah, uh, aside from canteen hell, ha- 
my daughter's just gone insane, which is where that comment came from. My daughter is now like an insane, wild child, uh, which is dead exciting for us. Most of it involves just being disciplined constantly. She's pushing them boundaries. The boundaries are being pushed. Mm -hmm. So uh, she got disciplined for the first time at kindergarten uh, last week. So that was an interesting Tell us what happened, Nick. Tell us what happened. I have strong opinions about this. Th throwing the cuddly toys around and wouldn't do as she was told, mm -hmm. which is exact sounds exactly like the kind of thing she would do. <laughs> and then um, she wouldn't she wouldn't settle down, so they just put her on a seat, and she wasn't allowed to play with the other kids for a bit. I think that's pretty much how it worked, like a timeout, naughty step type thing. Which is funny because that's exactly what we've been doing nearly every day, pretty much. Wait a minute. Yes. So you said on the script that she was made to stand on a chair. Sit on a chair. She's not standing. Oh, like, then I really draw. It's not, it's not fucking Victoria, Victorian prep school. <laughs> because that's what I read. My daughter was made to stand on a chair. I was like, oh, well, that's a bit counterintuitive to what we expect children to do with chairs. There's various insurance policies that would dictate that children standing on being mandated to stand on chairs would not go well. So, uh -huh. um, yeah, none of that happens. But it's just funny. It's it, it's all those little things. You're sort of juggling and. And it does feel like at the moment, like for everything that you've got in the balance, there's one thing that's just going to pop up. And this is one of the things that's just popped up that you weren't kind of prepared for, which is her going through a phase of, yeah, just lack of discipline, doesn't listen, constantly just having mad meltdowns. Do you know what led to her throwing the cuddly toys around? Because that to me feels very important. Probably because she's being a bit of an arse. It's usually why. <laughs> Like, I've seen it happen. <laughs> That's usually how it happens. Like, I think it's it's a combination of things. I think it's a, a combination of, of just wanting loads of attention all the time mm -hmm. because she doesn't get as much attention now that, that mm -hmm. her brother's around. Which doesn't make her an ass, but yeah. Let's, we'll move I mean, on from there. But I'm, I'll, I'll talk about my damn kids the way I like. No, I mean, yeah, you can, you've, you can be you can Do be you want to be sitting on a chair for a bit now? I'm at, no, I'm at the coal face, so it's different. I've got I can only talk about it the way I can talk about it. I think you but in this instance we're both right. She's not being an ass, but mm. when you're dealing with it, it doesn't half feel like she's being an ass. Uh, so <laughs> <laughs> um but I mean it's all everything's totally it's not like um there's some kind of big reason why it's happening. It's very much just because uh she's probably not getting as much attention as she would she mm -hmm. she was getting previously. Mm. And also because um she's quite performative she's like me so i totally get that she doesn't quite also doesn't quite understand the difference between positive and negative attention so she laughs when you discipline her because she's like at least this is attention yes this is what i wanted like every 10 so, year old yeah yeah well she's three so, exactly I mean. exactly see that's the point we had this discussion with my wife because i was saying to her, I, I, what i say to her all the time is like you're part of you're part of the team, and uh, is this your wife you, or your daughter? I'm just need well, to clarify both, that. both of them, but like definitely my daughter. I don't, I don't talk to my wife. What do you think? I think I'm stupid. <laughs> <laughs> just 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 avoid that as much as possible. If you don't, if you, she can't communicate with us, can't argue. That's that's <laughs> the first rule of marriage. Uh, welcome to my seminar on <laughs> on living alone um yeah so what i always say to her is like you sort of there's like four of us in the family and we've like you're not the only one in the family and we've got to work together and like we're a team and we're team out and 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 my wife was like well you know 
I mean, they're not really going to change their behaviors at three years old. And I'm like, yeah, but you can start early, right? You can sort of ingrain that early doors. So that's kind of the mantra of what we're doing, isn't it? It's not bad to say, is it? It doesn't hurt to say. She might not quite perceive it and it might not change anything now, but. It, 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 you talk about Team Howden and we're all a team now. I mean, it sounds like a mob boss talking to me. I mean, how, how mm -hmm. do you run your family? It's, it's not how. Oh, it's like, a dictatorship. <laughs> it's, a di it's, a dicta it's one of those dictatorships where the figurehead is definitely my wife. She's the brains behind it. But like with every good dictatorship, you need to have the military element, which is me. So like, like I'm in the balance here. <laughs> My wife makes all the decisions and and and, and strategizes, and I'm just like, when she's freaking out, I have to pick her up and carry her upstairs and put her on put her on the naughty chair. So, so you're the are you saying you're the enforcer? Because I, I have I doubts am. that you're able to 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 fulfil that role. Nick, I'm far more. I hate this is starting to sound like an annual review of you this week. Oh, I, mean, yeah, I lost I mean, the thread somewhere. Again. So, who were you carrying up the stairs to put on the naughty <laughs> chair? Like, so what, well. <laughs> Both of them, they both need discipline. And now, I don't know why you keep confusing like my wife and my daughter intentionally. Like I feel like I feel like that is 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 you're just putting out bear traps in front of me, aren't you? You're just like hold me, hoping for me to walk into one. <laughs> um, it's my daughter because when my daughter kicks off, she's she's built like I am, and she's smaller, of course, but she's bloody strong. And so when she kicks off, I'm the only one who can really kind of keep her under control. Certainly enough to get her upstairs and into a room before she starts flaying her arms and legs around. Would it help though to like uh, say, okay, we are taking five minutes of our time to throw Cuddly's toys at the wall or to see who can throw them the furthest? Oh, what are we saying? All right, so we, we're meant to change everyone's behaviors in order to accommodate one person's behaviors, behavior. That seems like a really bad lesson to be teaching the kid is to go like all right i see that you're acting out why don't we turn that into something that we're all doing to accommodate you i think actually it's more about her accommodating everybody else because that's the part part of the problem is that she's not quite grasped that she's not the main event but it, but this is what parents do isn't it and it's what helicopter parents do they sort of imbue their child with a, a, a an unhealthy sense of of, of self-importance like she's important within the context of our family. She's important to me and my wife and the rest of the family. But she can't go out in the world with that perception of like, I am really important and everyone, because then you just, you've just raised a dickhead, haven't you? That's what you've done. You've not raised like a healthy human being. You've raised a self-important bellend and my God. She sounds like a confident child. And as she grows, she will like, you know, try to play with her boundaries and the other kids mm -hmm. will automatically mm -hmm. fight back and she will find her mm -hmm. place. But this is different, right? Because the difference is most kids don't fight back. Most kids don't put up, like some of them do in the kindergarten. Mm -hmm. Most are very happy to be like, for her to walk all over them. Because she's physically strong. She's physically stronger. And she's also like very intelligent. She's very smart for her age. And I know a lot of parents say that, but you can see it. She's very good at, but I think it's partially because her communication's so good. She can talk kids like into submission almost. And you see it happen with the neighbors' kids all the time. They want to do something, and she wants to do something. Invariably, they end up doing what she wants to do because she's just like 
she's just imposing and that's a good thing and i, I never criticize her for doing it i think the difference is when it oversteps the boundaries of acceptability you have to sort mm. of discipline them at the same time there's little behaviors that you just if you don't step on them now they become like the manifest as part of pe person's personality don't they constantly getting your own way screaming gets you what you want that you oh. can just get out of everything by like being quite cute and laughing that's a shitty like i think that's something the parents inadvertently teach their kids by like having an argument with them and then the, the kid doing something cute which is what she does she does something that she knows that is cute or that we perceive as cute because she, she knows that it might disarm us she doesn't maybe know all that detail but she knows that i get this reaction when i do this nine times out of ten so she'll go she'll say something cutesy or she'll say how we are man or i'll read or like some geordie phrase that you know like that i'll always laugh at and you have to be like, no, that's not enough in this situation. There's your problem. You say you always yeah. laugh. You actually got to yeah. learn not to laugh. But that's it. That's it, isn't it? So and but, so it's about me learning at the same time mm. as she's learning. But like, I'm there's no perfect remedy. Mm. Like, it's, I, 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 and admittedly, I, I made I made the fatal error of trying to read about it. Fuck me, man. Like, I'm mm. sick of other people's opinions about how to raise your kids. You just see it. Yeah. All the same guff. It's all intuitive stuff you know, and that I know already. I'm like, all right, I was already doing that. And now I've had to read this 20-minute fucking blog or watch this talk by some parenting guru. And I'm like, you just don't, just don't like ruin your child by sort of letting yeah. them get everything they want. But you see a lot of people do it. I'm part of the village that is raising uh, my brother and my sister-in-law's 10-month-old baby. And I, I, I just know, I mean, I'm not a parent myself. But we talk about parenting a lot. We talk about respecting the baby's wishes when he doesn't want to eat anymore and you don't force feed him. When he turns his head away from his food, we're like, okay, okay, we're going to keep this aside for you when you're hungry later. Or when my mother says, come on, give me a smile, give me a smile. And you're like, we don't say that to babies or kids anymore. Uh, like, uh, uh, what people think is good parenting is keeps evolving. It's very hard to put it down on paper. And I, I know that my brother and my sister-in-law need screen time for the baby so that they can get things done in the house because my sister-in-law works from home. And I mean, not the entire day, but... Uh, Distract, distracting kids, it's like really... Yeah. Because eventually you have to do stuff. Yeah. the stuff you need to do where you can't be holding a child yeah. or staring at a child. Yeah. And my son's going through that now where... If you just leave his uh, field of vision, yeah, he starts freaking out. He yeah. starts wailing. But like then what, what happens is you constantly do it and it just reinforces that. Like ultimately it's it, that he's tiny and he doesn't yeah. quite understand. So you stick him in a chair yeah. and you take him with you. You just find a way of taking him with you. It's yeah. fine. I don't mind if he's sitting in a chair while I'm fanning around in the kitchen or washing up or something. Mm. Same with my wife cooking. But like it's it, there's those behaviors but the difference with the sort of feeding thing is you feed a kid uh, until they don't want to eat anymore mm. but when they get to three years old it's about control mm. and they try and cook or like what my daughter was doing is trying to extend the time she can stay awake mm. by not eating a dinner and then going oh i'm really hungry mm -hmm. and the ah. first few weeks would like rush to get her something so autonomy and, and weeks, finding independence mm -hmm. But then after a couple of weeks, you're like, are oh, you just doing this so you can stay up longer? So mm -hmm. then it's like, 
but then you've you're locked into this situation where she thinks she doesn't need to eat all her dinner and you've got to change it so she has to eat all her dinner and then you have to go through about eight weeks of just fixing that behavior mm. which you never really fully do and then you've got to concern yourself about accommodating dietary requirements because she'll just eat rice put rice in front of her she'll eat rice forever but she needs to actually eat something other than than just rice she needs to eat other foods mm -hmm. and have other things otherwise you just got a kid who only eats rice <laughs> 25 years old and they go they go out for dinner and they're like I'll, I'll have this and i'll have the steak and then she gets to her and it's like i'll just have a plate of rice please <laughs> mm, love the, rice these are also just phases as well right i mean food and textures can i share an anecdote with you though what you just said about uh, kids uh, and autonomy rang a bell because uh, when my niece, well, from, um, she's my cousin's daughter, when she was like five or six, she used to come over to our place and then we would all like, you know, sit around talking. But then she would come to me and say, uh, Punchi, can I, Punchi means uh, uh, aunt, the aunt who's younger to my mother. So Punchi, can I can I have some uh, wheat bix? We, we I loved wheat bix uh, back in Sri yeah, Lanka. Yeah, wheat bix. Yeah, we used to have the Australian one. Uh, so that's wheat bix. And, yeah, Nick, it's wheat bix. It's not wheat bix. So back in your box. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't I didn't realize you were eating substandard products <laughs> on that already chair. Jeez. So. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Just couldn't get someone from the northern hemisphere. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> and then, and, and then everyone else would go. Oh, she wants you to feed her something, and she's hungry. Isn't that nice that she says it when she's hungry? But to me, it was like I'm being taken away from the conversation with the rest of the adults, and I'm going to be stuck in the kitchen with a six-year-old who wouldn't finish the food. She just wants me to herself somewhere, and I didn't want that. And I should be able to make that choice. But then. The rest of the family thought I was mean if I said, you're not going to eat it anyway, and I'm talking to your mom, and I want to sit here for a bit. Or I'll make you the food a little later. No, I was just a mean woman. But I knew exactly what she was doing. I mean, it's pretty mean. I mean, how, how <laughs> treating kids with such disdain. No, I totally get you. Totally get you. Like, because it is, it is about that. It's about, it's, it's a control thing, and it is about controlling their own environment. But also, it's an element of controlling other people. Mm. I watched them. Um, I watched some film about how was it? It was like old dads. It's a new film on Netflix. Um, oh no! I watched it. Oh my! It's not ears. very good. It's, it's not. It's not very good. It's not very good. But the broad strokes of it, the broad strokes of like some of the elements of kind of who was that comedian? That it's Bill Burr. Oh yeah, yeah. I should have expected. I mean, it's, it's stand up. It's stand up's pretty good. But like, I mean, this is. It's just. It's very kind of. It's it's very broad because it has to be, and it isn't quite as nuanced as some of the sort of jokes he makes in the stand up. But like the idea, some of the the concepts about parenting, about like kids feeling their own their own like anger, and mm. this is a line line about where I like, need to help help them is 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 this understanding of what is acceptable changes on a daily basis or something like that. Mm. And it's like, and it's just very kind of over the top psychoanalysis when ultimately a lot of the decisions are quite basic like the motivations of children aren't a mystery particularly although i think a lot of people make a lot of money out of making them more mysterious than they really are it's like pretty obvious shit yeah and it's kind of like i think if you reward good behavior like today she was had a, like this is biggest pain in the ass every night is brushing her teeth because she fannies about and she waves her head around 
And like every day, other kid on the planet, but okay. Of course, yeah. exactly, right? But you obviously don't want them to do that. And they're like freaking out and just being silly. Or like just they think they're playing a game, but you're not. And then today, it's just that it's totally dead still and let me brush your teeth without any hassle. And I say, like, oh, you know, how come you're so good at like brushing your teeth? How how did you get so good at that? Nice. And she was totally she was totally loving it. She was like she was like smiling, going, "Oh, I learned at kindergarten." I was like, "Hey, well, you must be the best in the kindergarten at brushing your teeth." And she was like, "Oh yeah." And it's like you you might only get that window for one day out of eight, or maybe one day out of eight weeks, you know. And you've got to grasp it when you can. Nice. When it happens, it's important. But like, if you're tired, or you're not yeah. paying attention yeah. or you're stressed out, yeah. you'll miss those you, windows yeah. entirely. Yeah. And the way we react to these kids is also very different no? from like day to day. Like they, they mm. can put the same stunts, but the same stunt will like, you know, I can deal with it one day, the next day I can't deal with it. And that, Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I hear you. Mm. Yeah. We should write a book. We're good at this. You're good at this. <laughs> I, I mean, me not we even could, being a we, parent, I've cracked the code. We could, we, God. We, and it's all right between the two of us. We could, uh, we could definitely get some, some TED talks out of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, it's <laughs> definitely TED talk material, full of ourselves, definitely. I don't know what it is about Germany and multiple point lists, but. Uh, Bild Zeitung has gone a little bit uh, student politics this week by publishing a 50-point manifesto in several different languages. Usually the purveyor of sensationalist garbage and uh, migrant scare stories. I'm not entirely sure what the plan is from, from Bild, but I, I have a suspicion. Uh, I know both of you have, have read this 50-point uh, manifesto. Mm-hmm. What do you think it is about Germany and their desire to put down... I don't know what... like. We've seen it with politicians recently, and we've seen it with, with, with in, in other spheres as well. People making like lists with like fifty to sixty to seventy points to show how serious they are about about a particular topic. What do you think it is about Germans that they feel this desperate need to have really long, complicated manifestos? Did you think it was complicated? I mean, it wasn't. It was Bill's <laughs> item. It was pretty straightforward. <laughs> what was going on, as we'll as we'll see. But I just like it. Just seems like, or like maybe it's complicated isn't the right word. This perception of complexity, complexity. or this perception of like we've thought about this a lot and we've come up with fifty points. If it isn't Martin Luther with his ninety-five theses, which admittedly were quite important, but it's um, Friedrich Mertz with seventy-five questions on the uh, Warmpumpen and all this. Th- this in this instance a 50-point manifesto on why Germany has loads of problems. You know, Nick, I mean, when I when I saw James Jackson's tweet, I mean, he had quite a few tweets. This is at Dare James Jackson. Germany's Bild have published a 50-point manifesto in four different languages, including English. He was a little off there. It, they published it in five languages, including in English. Th- that's one of the things that, that I want to talk about, the, the fact that the manifesto that says we use German in Germany, you have to learn the language, but they can write a manifesto in five languages. Okay. Uh, but do you know what I thought of when they said manifesto? I thought of the Unabomber. Who else, <laughs> who else writes a manifesto other than someone who has a grudge <laughs> and guns in their basement neck? 
I can't speak to whether Bill Zeitung has a, a stash of ammunition in the basement, but it does have that vibe about it of sort of slightly overwrought, unhinged, um, insane unhinged ramblings. Is yeah, you're looking for. I mean, when you bring in the Unibomber, it makes my next line a little bit <laughs> a bit redundant. But uh, in typical low-key fashion, Bill declared, Germany, we have a problem, and then stated, the recent days reveal what has been simmering and boiling in our society for a long time. In our country, there are many people who oppose our way of life. Who are those people, I wonder? We will find out, I'm sure, from the list. People who celebrate the murder of innocent civilians, those who teach their children to hate others, because they are infidels. Oh, I think we've got a slight giveaway of which group of people in particular are being targeted by this list. They go on. Those who want to forbid women from wearing skirts or trousers. Those who despise the basic law and instead listen to radical preachers. They exploit tolerance because they want a different society. So that was what Bild had to say about the compilation of this 50-point list. Um, and as I said, I'm not sure either of you can fully guess which group of people this manifesto is directed at. Clue, just so in case you were unsure, it isn't white British blokes living in Augsburg. I, I thought it started really well. I mean, the first one, for, uh, for everyone living in Germany, Article 1 of the Basic Law applies. The uh, dignity of man is inv involuble. Involuble. <laughs> it's not a word you see every day for sure. And that's okay because that is straight out of the, um, the basic um, law, right? But then... The second point, <laughs> for us, there are no infidels. It's like, well, hello, trigger warning, here we go. They've given themselves yeah, away yeah. straight away. <laughs> yeah. I mean, but the very, very key language there. So the second point is, for us, there are no infidels. Everyone can believe in whatever they want, even Santa Claus. Haha, <laughs> you're mixing your xenophobia with comedy. That's the way you do it. Um, yeah, so, I mean, it goes on. I mean, the, the, the sort of the, the, the bit that a lot of people highlighted was the fact that it says um, that every, everyone living in Germany ha, uh, has to listen to this concept, or believe in this concept, this article one of the basic law of the Grundgesetz, dignity of man is invaluable. And it talks about how anyone who wants to live here permanently must learn German, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, respect and charity sustain our free society. Then there's a bit where it says, number 12, many Germans eat pork. Of course, not everyone does. I mean, what? Because initially, I think that was edited. I think initially it was a bit more vehemently about pork eating until they realised, oh wait, yeah, that <laughs> might look slightly anti-Semitic if we just have that do, in it. Do you think um, this list was edited? Because my over, my, my, it was. I think it was edited after it was publication. Yeah, yeah. My overriding impression is how Mickey Mouse it is. It's like five blokes. And I'm sure they were blokes sat sat mm. round a, a table at the pub or something, and thought they'd come up with this list almost for a joke because it is so, it's it's so half-assed. I mean, if you really wanted to do something serious, I would have thought you put just a little bit more effort in. I mean, it's terrible. It's so effort. Yeah. Effort. I mean, they themselves call it a manifesto. Uh, I mean, uh, to me, the calling your publication a manifesto is a is a big is a big red flag. I think I said it on Twitter and I did mean it. If you've ever penned what you think is a manifesto, do not say it on your online dating profile. It's just... <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. It's not a good look. It isn't it's a good look. not a good look. But my favorite, yeah. uh, my favorite sentence here is number nine. We say please and thank you and we eat our peas. 
yeah, we say please and thank you. And I'm like, uh, have you ever been to a, have you ever been to a McDonald's at three o'clock in the morning? Don't fucking say please and thank you there. Have you ever been to like um, a bakery in some major cities where people walk up and go, um, ich brauche ein, ein, ein Britzer. And they're like, there's no please and thank you there. Like, it's just one of those things where it's like, we say please and thank you. Yeah, some of us do. A lot of you fucking don't. So <laughs> we also say hello in Germany as Germans in that very sarcastic way of not saying hello. Hello. Gehen Sie with bitte weg. What's running through this is, there, I mean, it's clearly, there's clearly like an uh, anti Islamic bent to, to it's pretty much absolutely everything. Absolutely racist. Here. Yeah. And then, and then, it's the other side of it is it's totally ignores the fact that the vast majority of of political violence that occurs in germany is from the right and not from from islamic extremists as they'd have you believe which is i mean one of the things it says here is the state has a monopoly on violence apart from the state appointed agencies nobody has the right to use violence against people or things and i'm like yeah yeah okay so like in what context like in what context is that like i think that's a little bit it's just one of those kind of student politics kind of bullshit statements where the, it just removes all the complexity, which is exactly what build wants. No complexity of thought. Don't think about things at multiple levels. Don't think about whether state violence is legitimate. Just like, yeah, they the only people who can do it. So you just read number 13. Number 11 was, we see the police as friend and helper and not as a repressive force or an enemy, although the state has a monopoly on violence. I mean, my friend and my helpers don't exercise violence against me. Uh, I mean, as I said, it, it, they really shoot themselves so often in their feet uh, writing this. It's, yeah. They contradict themselves very much. And, and what's also a little amusing to me was that they consider themselves to be feminist women can wear short skirts women can go on you know they should not be harassed you shouldn't catcall women it's a it's a very simplistic idea of do's and don'ts and they are just publishing it in multiple languages just to get at people that they don't like living what they consider is their country there's other stuff as well i mean there's this stuff about even if someone feels neither male nor female, they are not persecuted or punished. In our country, citizens are allowed to think freely and live queer. And I'm like, yeah, but you do print a lot of like weird kind of baity articles about trans people. Like you definitely always try and find the most obscure example of, of like trans women, for example, uh, or, or, or try and find these 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 salacious stories yeah. and print those rather than like just like accepting that most trans women aren't like criminals or aren't like the stories aren't that salacious so it just feels a bit disingenuous but it, it, it goes on doesn't it now think about it i mean they say that anyone can be anyone but number 41 is how long or short a skirt is is decided solely by the woman wearing it so Anyone can be anyone, but uh, only women can wear skirts. <laughs> yeah, sure, that's inclusive, not. And as number 27 stood out for me. We got, re we respect every religion, but we clearly separate religion from state. And I'm like, which, uh, which party were you supporting in, uh, in Bavaria? I don't think it was, uh, it wasn't the Greens, was it? 
suspect it'll be the party that mandates having crucifixes in public buildings. Isn't that the Christian Democratic Union of Germany, that's the CDU, Christlich Demokratische Union Deutschlands, sure we separate religion from politics and state. It's got the same vibe as when I did my um, citizenship test and loads of the questions were like, what age can you get married? 12? 15? 18? Like 16? <laughs> You're just like, ah, I can see where this is. This is uh, this is targeted towards a particular group of people. Um, number thirty-five. We pay taxes because we know they are the foundation of the state, and yet you do seem to print a lot of articles about politicians who definitely don't want the rich to pay taxes. That seems a bit weird that you would do that and also make that statement. Um, it just yeah, it just seems a little bit um, ridiculous all round. And it's just pointless, just like like none of it is so disingenuous because most of the stuff they talk about, Very. you could just search for the topic and see how they report it. Did either of you see number 23, we are tolerant with the tolerant? I'm like, yeah, that's yeah. not what tolerant is. Based on what you what you guys have said, it it's almost like it's so poorly written and so mm. poorly thought out. And yeah. given, as you've highlighted, Nick, that um, there are so many articles that they have printed in the past and that they are going to print in the future, which, you know, smart people are going to be able to, to come at them and say, oh, this is interesting, this article you've just printed. It seems to be completely um, polar opposite to to rule number 23, which you, you know, you suggested <laughs> that uh, that we that everyone needs to follow, otherwise get out of Germany. I mean, it's, it's just the stupidity of doing this and doing it so poorly. It's yeah. it's it lacks for so much ambition, or yeah, I think ambition. It, it completely lacks ambition. It just comes across as really stupid. At least the English translation does. Um, yeah. And and why would you set yourself up to be easily picked off in the future? It's because no one's paying attention, and they know it. No one's paying attention. It looks good in the moment. It catches a bit yeah. of a bit of headline grabbing sort of attention. Mm. Um, I mean, ultimately, not a lot of people, not of the media outlets, really picked up on it. Particularly, it was kind of like a flash in the pan. People taking the piss out of it on yeah. social media, mm. and then it's kind of gone away. But I think it also resonates with the readership because it's kind of banal statements that. If as long as you ignore the complexity, you, most people would agree with, and so it makes them look like because it's like the the content is never as overt. It's very rare that you see something in Bill tongue that's overtly racist or overtly anti-trans or overtly sexist. It is, but it's like this. It's yeah, no, but it's never. It's never like it's. They never go straight for the jugular. It's always underlying. It's the subtext of nearly everything that they write. But here they is, have, it, right? Yeah, but again, it's the same as is 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 remove all complexity, present story in a very biased way or position, mm. and then like expect people to make a, a fair judgment about about something. It's that's not what they're they're not that's not their business. It's make everything seem really simple and binary, so that there's like like they can turn around and go, well, you know, we we promoted the fact that we shouldn't beat your kids and you shouldn't have. You should treat people fairly, you know. That's in our manifesto that we wrote. It doesn't matter that we wrote 25 articles in the last month that are kind of low-level anti-trans or uh, like go like going after migrants. The whole thing about like, oh, migration isn't like, like 
people can come here and if they just speak German and they just do these things, then they'll get along. And you're like, well, why do you daily print salacious and objectionable articles about mi migrants coming and getting free stuff? And like, if, if you're so in support for people who, if it like, that you have like the welfare state i forget which 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 one it is uh on, on this multiple list of ridiculous points it makes but there's a whole thing about yeah um how like you can seek support from the state as long as you paid in essentially and it's like yeah but you then write like really horrible articles about people in heart sphere or like people in heart sphere getting more more out of the system than they should have done and it kind of just it feels real disingenuous but yeah but i think the people the people who know it's disingenuous it's this isn't the target audience for it it's their readership who yeah. if they take this as at face value but would they though like number 25 is we only use fireworks on new year's eve so when it's allowed but where i am in weissenfels there's like fireworks i don't know many times it must be multiple new years we celebrate throughout the year at every wedding there's fireworks i the fireworks that was fired at my house two weekends ago that came out of some one of my neighbor's gardens i'm pretty sure it wasn't sylvester two weeks ago but it still happened just practicing so, for new years yeah just practicing getting a range finder just to make sure <laughs> but it, it just it's that um it's 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 just so it's so um ridiculous uh, and so bland there's to be kind yeah. of who you do have to wonder like you said i can't say who's who who's going to read it and who's going to how they're going to understand it yeah but like it's hard to believe that anyone would read that and go oh yeah builds like on the right side of history That brings us to the end of the show. We are off to write a 63-point manifesto. Number one is thou shalt eat only kissable apples. Number two, Boscop are also acceptable. No, it's uh, it's it's golden delicious or nothing. La, I'm, la, I'm, la. I'm out. I'm out. La, I'm sick la, of this la, man. La, la. <laughs> <laughs> if you're enjoying the podcast, why not give us a rating on Apple Podcasts, which only takes a minute and can really help us. You can also rate us on Spotify, so chuck some stars our way there as well. Retweet us, share a link, or post with the hashtag DecadesFromHome, or lowercase on Twitter. As ever, if you have any questions, feedback, or maybe an article or topic you'd like us to cover, you can tweet Dillion at Dillialgama, and you can tweet me at 40% German. You can also get us on DecadesFromHome at gmail.com. If you have time, take a look at 40%German.com. Weekly articles are up every Saturday. All that's left to say is thanks, and bis zum nächsten Mal. Tschüss! Tschüss. Tschüss.